This podcast is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. What will you be remembered for? Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what matter to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action inspires others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now. Give later. Impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. Hey everybody, I'm Eugene Driscoll. Welcome to Naval Gazing, actually, the Valley Indie Podcast. But this is also the Mobile Horror Companion. Because here's what happened. Last week, all right, the Valley Indie's down to one person. We had to lay off the other reporter, so it's just me. So sometimes I uh, I you know I want to write a story and I and I and I run out of time. I can't do it. That's what happened last week. I needed a plumber. I had a leak in my house. So there was a couple of stories I wanted to get to and I couldn't. So now uh, the Valley Indie readers are stuck with this mobile horror podcast about CT cult classics. We're going to be talking about. You guys all look really bored. You guys just want you just want to stop. No, keep going. We're forty five seconds into it. Yeah, we're, so we're you're doing we're, the intro. We're talking about CT cult classics, which has another screening coming up in Seymour, Connecticut. If you're not you don't live in uh, Connecticut, Seymour is a town off Route Eight in Southern Connecticut. Uh, it's this beautiful old theater owned by the Knights of Columbus, where Brian and I saw Artie Lang saw a couple Artie of Lang. weeks back. Fire! But let me just look up, and that was Brian Spears. Let me look up the dates for the next screening. Uh, Is Seymour are, where CT Horror Fest was? What town was that? No, that, that was, was Danbury. Okay. We're, 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 it's more north and uh, east of Danbury. So Stephen King Night, part two is Saturday, February 23rd at the Strand Theater in the aforementioned Seymour, Connecticut. It starts at 7 p.m. It's put on by Larry Dwyer, a past guest of the Mobile Horror Companion. And there's two movies playing this month. Carrie, the Brian De Palma, Stephen King novel classic, and Maximum Overdrive. (laughs) The Stephen I'm, King. Directed by Stephen King. Classic, Stephen King's yeah. first, and as of this recording, last directed <laughs> film. So uh, I thought we would talk about those two movies. So let me go around real quick so anybody who's listening, you can get an idea of who these people are. Uh, and I'll just go around the room, starting to my left. Is uh, We're actually recording this in New Jersey. We're in southern Jersey or mid-Jersey. We're very far from Connecticut. Off of Exit 8. Exit 8 of the this Jersey Turnpike. Central Jersey. It's Central Jersey. All right, all right. Thanks for that clarification. It does exist. It Central does, Jersey real. does exist. 
But that is uh, Mr. Pete Gurner. Hello, uh, Pete. Hi, how's it going? Sitting next to Pete is uh, Mr. Matt Maisto. Hello, everybody. And then next to Matt is uh, making his like 17th appearance <laughs> on Valley Naval Gazing or the Mobile Horror Companion is screenwriter Mr. Joe Greenberg. Hi, everybody. How you doing? And then last and least, Brian Spears. Hello, hello. All right, so now I've adjusted your levels. So now, however you said hello, talk That's that way the, the whole podcast, talk. or I'm going to be, I'm going to be. All right, angry. we're locked oh, in. No. All right, so let's go. You want to go into Carrie first? I mean, does anybody have a deep love? For, my thing about my theory on Carrie, directed by Brian De Palma uh, from the Stephen King novel. I guess it's the first Stephen King, at least commercial big time movie made back in '78, '79, whatever year it was. What was his first book? '76. It was so. his first book too. Yeah. Okay. Also, oh, he had instant success. I mean, it's kind of like I don't really think of it as a Stephen King movie anymore. But uh, yeah, I always forget it. Starring Sissy Spacek. What yeah. do you guys think of? It? Anybody have any strong impressions or hatred of? The movie Carrie. Also, John Travolta. Nancy well, Allen. Nancy Allen. My impression of Carrie is it's a movie where you see it and you know that everybody's going on to do bigger things. Like everybody. So also, movie. wasn't it Oscar nominated? Wasn't uh, Piper mother, Laurie, right? mother and daughter were both uh, Piper Laurie and... Piper Laurie's terrible in that. Can we say that But I think now? she wins an Oscar. So she was up for an top. Oscar. Really? Yeah, I think she I think, got nominated. Well, I, I could I, be wrong. She beat Kramer versus Kramer, probably. Um, I was gonna say something. Yeah, never mind. Uh, yeah, you don't curse. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm not saying anything. <laughs> um, it's also split screen, guys. Man, that's like a the, the plot, early De Palma classic. Man. It's like De Palma, I think it's a great movie. De Palma uh, yeah. cheesiness, where it's still okay to be yeah. cheesy, and yeah. it's artsy on a studio level movie. Yeah. Like he's definitely you know, the the split screen. That's like awesome at the end of it. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff he would also use in Blow Up. I mean, well. it's pretty much used in every movie that yeah. has sort of success for him. But I think it's... Uh, but I guess I do always forget that movie. Because, I, you know, maybe you're right. Like, maybe because of some of the people went on to bigger and better things. Everybody did in that movie. It's like literally like a movie that I don't ever often think of. No. Great performances in it. I loved everybody in it. The thing that... You watching this kind of PJ Souls? Yeah, wasn't she a past guest oh, at a? Oh yeah, CT Horror. CT Horror. Yeah, Horror Fest. Uh, Carrie's prom date, the greatest American hero, William Cat. Oh, William Cat. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. guys, a little That's trivia: right. the, the entire movie was cast at the same time as his other little independent movie being made called Star Wars. Hmm. So basically, that entire cast and Carrie could have been William Cat was up for Luke Skywalker. It oh, was literally wow. filmed at the same casting session. Either you got the part for Star Wars or you got the part for the carry. I've wow. been reading and rereading that Raging Bulls. Easy Rider Easy Raging Riders. Bulls. Easy Rider Raging Bulls. Which I don't I don't know. Some a lot of the quotes are unattributed, but it's a I, I highly recommend I've read that. it. I've read it, yeah. They all kinda hated each other. They were all on cocaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they know, start. They loved each other. They all in the hated, beginning. yeah, and they hated George Lucas. But they hated George Steven, Lucas and yeah. Steven Spielberg. Or yeah. they right. all made fun yes. of Steven Spielberg. And Brian De Palma was the author of the yeah. group, yeah, like from early on. But do you guys think, like Pete, Brian De Palma as a filmmaker, is he somebody you admire? Is he, is he like what? What are your thoughts on him in general? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really? answer that right now, man. 
It's it, it was him though. He says that uh, Raiders is the best movie ever. Was it him that he turned Raiders? He made it black and white. Didn't he do that whole thing? Was that, was that De Palma that did that? No, that was wasn't him. Steven Soderbergh. Oh. Yeah, that was Soderbergh. Oh, Jesus, see, yeah, I'm not fit to answer this question right now. <laughs> all right then. But all right, so cause you're kind of you are answering the question without answering because I feel the same way. I don't really feel like when Brian De Palma makes a movie, I have to go see it, and I haven't felt that way. Probably since the eighties, because I think he kind of his peak was the Untouchables. Untouchables. The Untouchables. I yeah. Then he went camp. I think he's always made camp like almost every other movie. Oops, sorry. Since his career started, the Untouchables is not camp. No, I said every other movie is camp. But I mean, listen, the guy made you know some horrible movies, but he's also never like huge hits either. Like I think Blowout's a great movie. Blowout's a great movie. Yeah. Blowout. Blow yeah. No, Blowout. Blowout. Yeah, yeah. yeah Blowout. Blowout's a great movie. I've never really been able to. You know what? I just. Can I interrupt? We're like a film, you know, kind of commentary or whatever podcast that we do here. We are, we're going to massacre a million titles of actors' names and movies. Like that. We're totally going to butcher. But yeah, like Apologize. Heredity. Hereditary. Yeah. Best horror movie um, of last year. We. Like, the guy made. Along with the Vitch. Well, wasn't. Double V. He, he, Body Double, right? Body Double is yeah. like one of my favorite movies. I mean, you're movies talking about the time. Untouchables, man. Body Double. Man. I think Body Doubles That's is a like, great movie. But it's like, it's does it though? It's a, does he have a casting problem though? As, who's the lead in Body Double? The uh, the dude. Oh, it's the guy Craig Watson. Like, Craig yes, Watson. Craig Watson. Watson. Yeah. Yeah. Guy never went like on Bill to Mark. anything else. Uh, it's Craig Watson. I'm not arguing any it's of like his putting like, me in a movie. But there's something a little bit I I think there's some sleaziness about him that I enjoy. Like I think he's a great sleaze director that just happens to make uh, he got some one of the critiques yeah. that I've always read, uh, it, it's I've noticed it's sort of recurring, is that uh, one of the big things about De Palma is that like he's sort of taken Hitchcock and Giallo films from Italy, and he's and just, just doing a Hollywood version yeah. of that. But he makes. I, have you guys ever seen? Snake the, Eyes. The, no, the, uh, oh, the documentary. The documentary is incredible. Yeah. It's just I saw that, that being interviewed about his movies, and I mean, he's I just, so honest. He's yeah, super yeah. honest, and like, very he, down and very loves, down to earth. I was surprised how down to earth he came across. In that. He literally admits to ripping off Alfred Hitchcock because he liked the guy's movies. Like, what else would you do? Yeah. What yeah. about Carlito's Way? I guess that's the other one. I don't like I'm, that movie. See, People love it. that movie. I don't. But care. that's the other thing. It's like revered in the level of. I also don't get. Scarface. I, well, as I was much. about to say that I think people I love Scarface, Scarface for all Holy the wrong cow. reasons. It's so campy and cheesy, and like it sort of became this thing in the early two thousands about everybody. Like you'd go to see like MTV Cribs, well, yeah. and everybody would always yeah, have yeah. the Scarface, which he poster. actually talks about on his. It became a whole hip hop thing. Yeah, yeah, it became a hip hop thing. But I think people now like where it used to be. People loved it for the camp. I think people were just like, yes, look at him, like. Shooting everybody and the cocaine's blowing up. That's, and, you know, that's the, la- the last ten. Minutes Which actually, that one, one of those scenes was directed by Steven Spielberg. Yes. Um, yeah, that's Also, did the first Mission Impossible. Right? That's right. Yes. yes, he did. Which got him like his two thousands. Yeah. Like that started two thousands for him basically. Like which resurged his career because he also did Mission to Mars, guys. He also did the Black Dahlia Murder. Yeah. The Black Dahlia was a, yeah James Earl Jones huge. Yeah, you know, which is a great book. Like incredibly like. You know, yeah, layered, but then he gets Josh Hartnett to like star in it. Doesn't um, exactly carry it. So I don't know if the guy's ever made. I think like Mission to Mars might have been one of his biggest movies. Here's my problem with the Palma. I think he the guy can't cast movies. If you look at, I like Carlito's Way to a point. 
I think it's better than Scarface. I, I rewatched it's it. Than Scarface. I rewatched it in the last year, but where the well, movie comes to a grinding halt is uh, what's her name? Penelope Ann Miller. Yes, yeah. she's terrible. He's got this thing where he can't. Nancy Allen, terrible in all his movies. He's got a thing where he just puts bad actors. It's a Rob Zombie, Sherry Moon Zombie thing. Where raising just, Aris, raising Cain. Another really kind <laughs> of right. weird, cheap, crazy right. movie. Because you got like Carlito's Way. Carlito's Way. You got you got Sean Penn and Sean Penn. Sean Penn steals the movie. Yeah, he's incredible. And yeah. that's also Carlito's Way. It's sort of on the verge where John Leguizamo is only good movie. Yes, okay. and uh, Louis Guzman one of his first Louis movies. Guzman. one of his very first movies. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's pretty. I mean, it's it it delves. But the whole relationship between Al Pacino. And Penelope Ann Miller is just, it doesn't work at all. It's bad. But just, uh, you had. Bad. I, we mentioned a couple different things about Nancy Allen. Uh, do, do you not like her in Carrie? Was that, did somebody say I that? Mean, she's not, yeah, I don't she's think she can act. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really remember. Like I, I, whenever I see her, I think there's a reason she doesn't, she stopped working eventually because somebody eventually figured out, oh, she doesn't have the ability to act on screen. I think of PJ Souls more than I think of her when it comes. Well, to I just that, that I whole think of her and Travolta and their the you know her being the manipulative you know not not a lady. I just think that whole movie her. like well I mean bring it back to Carrie it's yeah. like a, it's it's also like that type of high school movie where, where you know you definitely had thirty year old people playing high school kids and stuff like that but I mean it was a timeless thing like I just think P J Souls Nancy Allen they all blend together yeah. they're just yeah. the misfit girls of that yeah. time which was very. Yeah. common in that frame of mind but I so we tried to get uh, Larry Dwyer the organizer of CT Cult Classics onto this podcast by I messaged him on Facebook about 10 minutes before we started recording not exactly giving, giving him a lot of time so he's at his nephew or niece's uh, birthday party of some kind well happy birthday but yeah because I wanted to ask okay, so you got the other movie playing here is the one I really want to talk about <laughs> maximum overdrive yes so i said larry what are you trying to show like the best stephen king movie ever made and the worst like what are you what are you doing here <laughs> yeah. why would you show those two it's a sort of an odd pairing and he said uh no that's not what he was going for he said this guy mike simonetta who takes all of the trailer ideas and i have and puts them together uh for the for these cd called classic shows sorry runs the projector and has been asking larry Forever to screen maximum overtime. That's awesome. Yeah, this this is guy. This is this guy. We should get on the podcast. He loves it, and then Larry says he also loves it for its zaniness. But it's definitely not a good movie. Then he reiterates that Mike loves it. Uh, so <laughs> it's just this is a love letter to uh, Mike uh, Simonetta, who I've never met. But so maximum overdrive. Big up. Like, okay, so here's the thing about maximum. Hey, this is Eugene, most likely interrupting myself to bring you a word from our sponsor, valleygivesback.org. What will you be remembered for? Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what matter to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action inspires others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now. Give later. Impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. Overdrive. A couple of weeks ago, 
maybe a week ago. It was on, it's been on like Stars or one of those. Yeah, like, it's on Encore. One of those. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. Because I literally watched this before. Right. Me I too. was talking on the way our way down here. I literally just. Oh wow! Oh, Maximum Overdrive's on. Let me watch this again. So I'm flipping through the channels, and it's that part where uh, I just turn it on, and I realize my mic is low. The uh, the 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 like cart. It's like sort of a glorified golf cart with the M60 yeah. attached, and of yeah. course it's an M60. It's the 80s. It's right out of Rambo, right? Stallone would carry that thing around. And I just turn it on, and all of a sudden, it opens fire on the the diner right. truck stop, yeah. and just kills all the extras, I guess, like all the people that you didn't really care about up to that part. And then I was just amazed how quickly the other characters <laughs> overcome this mass murder. <laughs> they're done. They're just. They don't even move. The, they're like I don't know, the Walking Dead. They'd spend three weeks mourning over the death of someone. Yeah. They're just over it immediately. And just like joking around within seconds, and that's also the scene where like some that's the famous scene where like I guess the waitress runs out there and says, "We made yeah, you," yeah, yeah. and then the thing, and then which is that is a great where the thing just shoots her. But so if you watch the movie from that point on, it's the best movie ever made because from there they go to this montage where. The uh, one of the vehicles communicates with the people it has host. And if you've never seen Maximum Overdrive, spoiler alert: it's about uh, trucks and mechanical devices that come to life and decide to destroy certain parts of humanity. Doesn't a lawnmower come to life oh, and start chasing the kid got, around the yard? It's, and stuff? Yeah, it's got like the it's best been a very cold long time opening. Since I've seen that. Yeah, it's got a great opening. That the the movie just proceeds to run away from. It's it, also one make. of those movies where somebody actually says the name of the movie in one of oh, the lines they? of dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> someone says the whole world's gone into maximum overdrive. <laughs> so we have oh, a title. Awesome. But so okay, so the, the thing communicates with them through Morse code after killing a bunch of them, and then they have to go fill up all the trucks. It calls all the trucks to you know. Well, can have, we not also like the 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 truck? Isn't that the goblin it's truck? It's the goblin. It's yeah. the hobgoblin. It's the right. green goblin. Right. Yeah, green right. It's, it's the just green, green goblin, goblin from Spider-Man. Which, you know, it's so, scary enough. I mean, if, you know, if that thing's outside your house, I'm still in gas all day. But well, also, like, back in the day, that was like the most you could ever hope to see Spider-Man, like anything <laughs> comic book or Spider-Man related oh, in a movie yeah, I, at I'd love time. to know what the story, like what was the licensing? Like they, Stan Lee took like 25 bucks and like a shot of Coke for that? Like what the, what was that? How did he, how did that get into the movie? But all right, so there's a whole montage where they're pouring gas, and what happens? Oh, not pouring, but they're just filling all these trucks that show up, and they become exhausted. Emilio Estevez is like, "There's supposed to be this whole tension from them being so tired from pumping gas <laughs> and standing in the sun." It just yeah, it's like, I mean, New Jersey is still full serve, right? You can't yep. pump your own gas. That's correct. Yeah. Do, are those are those guys out there like, yeah, like yeah. a really long eight hour day? Yeah. Really? It's must insane. Be. They must be. They must be from Jersey, man. Yep. They're not used to doing all that work. <laughs> That's right. It's insane. And then like, uh, and I I listened to because then I went and I researched the movie was so bad I went and researched it, right? And there's been a lot of I didn't realize there's a whole there's a whole this is definitely a cult movie. And there's a whole uh, I, I want to say it just came out on a blue special Blu-ray too. Like it's been. Stephen King himself has acknowledged substance abuse problems, particularly cocaine, interfered with the making of that movie. I'm shocked. <laughs> that he had no idea, I, literally. I am, I am shocked. It a was... quote he had, he said, I had no idea what I was doing. And that's how Stephen King made Maximum 
overdrive. Like the movie is just all. But I, it's it's one of those bad movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, which Joe always champions on this podcast. It's so bad, it's good. Somebody help me out. Yeah, I think it's like. I mean, come on, dude. It, it's not bad. It was purposely done. I mean, that's well, what makes was it, it purposely the done? Chainsaw or, or so, Maximum Overdrive? No, Chainsaw Two. Chainsaw Two is so purposely over I'm the sorry, top. I you're talking about Chainsaw Two. I, I will actually defend Chainsaw 2. Is one of the greatest... Like, it's a movie that could only exist in 1980, which I do believe they have, you know, in and the same 80s. thing with Maximum yeah. Overdrive. Well, no, it I think could only exist in 86. Yeah, yeah, I agree with which you. Which is also, I think, the same year The Wraith also came out. Oh, yeah. Which is kind of like, it's different but similar. But come on, dude. ACDC soundtrack? That's that, like incredible, dude. I think we were the age. The we were the age of that little league kid when that movie came out. Well, and maybe I think, you were. I'm a few years older there, buddy. Well, you're two yeah. years older than me. But anyway, so we were the age of that kid, and yeah. this is a movie that's for that age. Like that's th- this is a sleepover movie. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in junior high, maybe yeah. first year of high school. For, if you're watching that movie, that's the most awesome thing that's ever going to happen. Because it's like... Yeah, but was Stephen King thinking that's my target audience? When Stephen he was King cut an ad before that movie came out. He basically... It was this really serious ad where Stephen King is like, I'm Stephen King. And it, my, this movie will scare the hell out of you. Which there's like nothing they, scary there's in nothing, nothing yeah, scary about it. Yeah. And but, he's kind of cross-eyed in it. You know, he's just like, I was wondering, is he on coke right there? Like that? <laughs> but that me. was the ad campaign. The ad campaign was like, this is the scariest movie ever made. It's also, like, again, I, I just say this. It's just pure 80s. Yeah. Well, but it's also, let's think about this, guys. It's the 80s. Stephen King was huge. Well, I was about oh, to yeah. say it was but during. Were an, any of those movies good? No, but no. it was during an era when you could not say no to Stephen King. Exactly. Because he was he he was everywhere. He had all the bestsellers. I mean, he that was a hell of a run. I mean, you had Carrie, The Shining, Pet Cemetery, Cujo, Christine, Christine. Pet Cemetery Pet, came after. That wasn't until. I think. But I'm just saying, the, the whole book, run yeah. of the '80s was just this time, and everything was all about excess. So sure. <laughs> This is what Stephen King wants to do. We're just going to let him do it. And the thing was, which I never knew, it was Dino De Laurentiis. Yes. Mm. And it was an entirely, pretty much Italian crew on Who, there. Be, I believe Dino... So they, Dino he, none of them spoke English. That's They're even, like, oh, that's yeah, even better. Stephen, uh, Stephen. Yeah. And it is a great, uh, I think it's on Slash Between Film. Between Italians, cocaine, history. and ACDC. Right. Come on, man. This is right. Friday yeah. night. And they're like, what does ACDC and, have and to do with trucks. Yeah. I, he liked them. He like won them over yeah. high one day. And then that's what... Because their their music... Well, he like, also owns it match the what's happening. No, not at all. Hell's no. Bells plays during the gas filling scene. They, it's like they literally yeah. do the soundtrack. He had a I think at the time he has his own radio station because he you know was zonked out of his mind and, yeah. and Bangor made and was like yeah. hey man I'm gonna play I want my own radio station to play the music I like so yeah. hey it's ACDC. I mean he would movie. he would actually write quotes. I think it's in Pet Cemetery. There are actually quotes from Ramon's songs. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning of like certain chapters. And then the way that movie ends. All right, so they go. All right, so they, the, the M60 mows down a couple of people. Nobody really seems affected by it, including a child who lost his father. Doesn't yeah, really yeah. seem to be affected by the fact that. It's, it's, there was no time to mourn that type of stuff in the <laughs> 80s. You just had to keep going. And then you wonder, like, okay, why don't the trucks just kill them? What are they keeping them alive for? That's never really explained. Although Emilio Estevez at one point also, explains, I always thought, like, well, if they draw, if they drive in here, they'll drop into the basement, where it was like. Well, but also, the know. diner 
like there was nothing electronic or anything that could be controlled inside of there. And it becomes weird. And then there's that, there's that move, the podcast, How Did This Get Made? And they pointed out Maximum Overdrive, the whole spoiler alert. Their plan at the end is they just suddenly be like, they suddenly like, all right, let's go through this sewer pipe that's been there the entire film. But they just, whatever, suddenly decide to go in, go into it. And then they go to a boat. It's like a like a Dawn of the Dead remake oh, yeah. type ending. The boat has an engine. Like, why would you go? The boat is not going to hurt them in it. So it's very selective as to what attacks them. But by the end of it, there's the whole thing where they're running to the boat where, like, you know, a 38 special handgun can blow up trucks. Yeah, like, with yeah. one shot, there's all that 80s explosions at the end of it. A guy gets run down for absolutely no reason. And then, like, the, the kicker of it is the movie just ends yeah. abruptly, like mm-hmm. incredibly. It's just over. And then there's like a title screen. A bag screen. of coke ran out. Yeah. Right. It's like the cocaine's out. <laughs> the guy didn't ran show out up. Of money. Then the Italian guys were like, yeah. and I'm doing this accent from the oral history on Slash Film, but they're like, hey, uh, Stephen King, by 10 a.m. he had a 10 beers. Yeah. <laughs> he was okay, but he had a 10 beers by 10 a.m. But uh, it just it, the, the literal ending is just a, a, a title that's just like, Oh, and by the way, a couple of days later, everything was fine. <laughs> they had to write in they the ending. They had to write in the ending. They just, we, we're, this movie's over, and here's what happened. And they just typed it. So I love Maximum Overdrive. I think it's great. Now, a little bit of trivia. I think we talked about this on a previous episode. I, maybe it was you guys we were talking about it. Um, the guy in the arcade in the beginning of that movie. Do we know who this is? I do, yes. But only from reading it on, online. Oh, you didn't recognize him when you saw or have you not watched really I, I didn't see I only watched it from the M sixty mowing down the extras oh, okay. on. But yeah, it's uh it's what's his name? Gustavo Giancarlo Gustavo Fring Ex- or whatever. Esposito, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's he's it actually has a great cast. Oh yeah. Uh you mm. know well, Yardley Smith is uh, right. She's yeah, yeah. Who went on to do Lisa Simpson yeah. or whatever. She's in it. Then it's got what Bill Hingle, the old the old character yeah, actor, yeah. who's yep. great. You know, he's been great in a million things. Emilio Estevez is you, you, he's effective. Well, he's yeah. effective, and he was box office gold yeah. at that time. But even like the actress, his counterpart, you know, the the female <sighs> lead is kind of like I, I I don't know what, I, what my character <laughs> was. I'm not sure what I was supposed to be going for here. I was really young. And like she even says, like I knew at a certain point, like oh, this is this is going wrong. This movie's not working. <laughs> oh. So, but it does have the and there's all there's a bunch of other people I'm not even mentioning who are just like in random. It's got a decent cast. So what Stephen I do King. like about this selection for these two movies is sometimes when they do the, the 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 screenings, they do their double features. This is the perfect if it is Carrie first, then Maximum Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive is like the perfect movie to. Kind end of end it because yeah. it's like you yeah. can be into it. Yeah. And hopefully the crowd's into it. See now, yeah. I mean, we would. I would be three sheets to the wind and like, yeah. You know, if we put it, this you know. on, it would be maximum overdrive first well, and maximum overdrive second, yeah. with an intermission to go to Jimmy's, <laughs> yeah. a couple of doors down, because that's the really proper way to see this movie. That's how Stephen King made it. I and just, I guess they were there. Yeah. And then like the, the the whole other weird thing is. You know, that actress, I guess she became a writer of some note. I don't, the actress who, who played opposite Emilio Estevez, but obviously she made that movie, she wouldn't really get anything else. Yeah. 
but she's like looking back. It was like Demi Moore would fly into the set. Tom Cruise. Cause oh, because they were all friends at the time. It's and this in, is it's in the Brat Pack sort of as right as he hit. Yes. And so that's what he's making in North Wilmington, North Carolina, where there were these tax breaks where he could bring in the Italian crew and not have to pay them union wages. Yep. <laughs> uh, so there's that whole. Plus, he had that whole monopoly. Like he made Cat's Eye. Like they had a mm-hmm. whole. Like he's he the one that made all the Stephen King movies, you know what I mean? Yeah. Firestarter. Up, yeah, right, right. I didn't you realize know. any of that. Yeah, he because him and him and Dino De Laurentiis and Stephen King just got along. Got along, probably because uh-huh. they were just like whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a whole. It made me look at Stephen well, King like, in a whole other way. We talk about eighties. Like I do think, like what's funny is uh, when we watch movies today. We're old enough now. Like when they do an eighties movie, it's so clicky. You know what yeah, I mean? It's so cliche. Whereas the eighties, like. Things blow up. Like, got, oh, I bet you all those people got mowed down, and not one of them, like, they didn't have blood packs back then. You know what I mean? They all the just fall down, down, and then yeah. there's blood later on. But Oh, there's one guy that gets shot yeah, like Miller's like Crossing million style a hundred times. But it's just that such of the excessive 80s. And again, right. you think Stephen King, the biggest writer, the biggest horror name, and that's the movie he makes. Yeah. You know, it's almost like the, it's it's the epitome of everything. Of, I'll, yes. I'll say of this, yes. I'll say this, though. If there is a Stephen King property that is ripe for a remake i would say it's maximum overdrive but they have i believe it's called trucks if we look it up but i'm saying just taking the concept of like automated stuff especially the world we live in where we're plugged into alexa and siri i agree yeah and all this stuff i love that matt has a dog asleep on his arm right there she's totally he does totally out yeah look at these guys guys a picture of dumbest i don't know what that word is (laughs) <laughs> but what do you guys think about uh, the the controversy? I guess that emerged actually because I'll post this Monday with now they're remaking Pet Cemetery. Yeah, yeah, it's done. And and there's yeah, it's coming out. Yeah. The, the trailer, our new trailer, trailer reveals the twist. The twist. What is the twist? I guys, I didn't watch it, so I don't. Wait, know. spoiler alert. Yeah. What's the what's the, the twist? The twist is it's you know it's the doctor and the two kids, the little boy and the ten year old daughter, however she is. In this version, the daughter is the one that dies. Oh. I thought the okay. twist was uh, well, John Lithgow was playing the breadwin part and doing it without a New England accent. No, it's, I thought the twist was that John Lithgow plays every part in the movie. Yeah, but no, that would have been awesome. It's that completely awesome. different. The mother doesn't go away and leave him alone. Like oh, they're right, there yeah, with. Yeah, right. So it's a, it's like a reimagining of the. I and I, but I did hear they give everything away in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. but but I'm sure they're still going to do the flashback sequences with the <laughs> sister. Yeah, I mean, sure and all of this is in the Zelda. trailer. You see the yeah. the back, and you yeah. you kind of know what that is. And um, but is anybody deeply offended by that? Like, I'm kind of well, like, all right, yeah. I, I think that's a movie. All right, I'll see a remake of Pet. I kind of dug the first one. movie. And that's I saw it in the his... I remember seeing it in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> Funny thing is, I remember more bad Stephen King movies than I ever do the good ones. You have to yeah. be like, oh yeah, like like I said, Carrie. That's a great Stephen King movie. You think of like the lexicon of Stephen you King, know what it good is, though? or bad. You know what it is, though? By the time we were old enough to start going to movies yes. by ourselves or even like watching these on video, the era of the good Stephen King movie, movie. was over. Was, and was we over. were now into like the, the major yeah. TV We were into the Dino De Laurentiis coke days of, yeah. you know. Yeah, where he was just like signing his name over to like whatever yeah. it could pass as a Stephen King property. Yeah, yeah I put like on I a- mean, it really didn't come. His career didn't. Well, not nice. Movie wise, it didn't uh, catch on. Or catch on. Do yeah. anything good. Good until, until Shawshank Redemption, if you think about, it. or Stand yeah. by Me, maybe. Uh, and he'd, well, he'd have like one-offs, like because yeah. I, I, I put or on, Misery. Yeah, I, I put on our Facebook page 
remake them all from the 80s. We yeah. remake Cat's yeah. Eye, Firestarter, later Sleepwalkers. Remake them all. They were, they were bad movies. Yeah, they were but really somebody, bad. The somebody, Dead Zone. Well, somebody pointed out The Dead Zone. And uh, I was like, I don't even think of that as a Stephen King movie from that era. Because right. that, that's a great movie. Yeah. You know, but that's David I guess Cronenberg, Pete Christopher think so. Wall- You don't like The Dead Zone, Pete? I mean, that was a tough watch. Really? Uh, what? I mean I, I mean, I don't think it's a particularly great movie, but I could watch it. I, like I watch it. I could watch it for Christopher Walken. I mean, Christopher Walken just hamming it up. I mean, the first five minutes are just brutal to try to get through, man. When did you see it? Like I, just I, recently? I, the yeah, first I, time? I, I watched. No, I watched that. You know, back in the DVD club days when you you know a pay for one DVD and get twelve for free, and the, you know I got a bunch of you know horror movies, and Dead Zone was one of them. And I I'm like, all right, man, everyone's talking about how great this movie is, and blah blah blah, and I popped it in, and uh, wow. When Martin yeah. Sheen, when he has a vision of Martin Sheen starting a nuclear war, that's the best. Yeah, Come on, I, I, I know. That, I mean, listen, I uh, I don't even remember it that that much. I just remembered like just Christopher Walken. I mean, it's a being it's, a, it's Walken, a Cronenberg like, Canadian you know tempoed movie, so it is a slower movie. I'll also say this: having read the book, which I'm sure you know, scholarly Joe is going to talk about in a few minutes, but the. Uh, <laughs> It's one of the while they made huge changes to the book, it's still one of the most faithfully adapted yeah. from the source novel. Like where it was like a better movie, which is why we don't remember. We don't remember like the good ones. I forget Misery. You know, I think that movie's yeah. pretty good. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. It's because we all want to watch Maxim Overdrive. Let's be yeah. you know, that's the whole it, point. That's of it. the selling point. 20 something years later. So, all right. So, anyway, that was, uh, it's coming up Stephen King Night 2, Saturday, February 23rd at the Strand Theater in Seymour, Connecticut. Uh, if you want tickets, search CT Cult Classics on Facebook. And I'm um, just reading Larry's email again. The reason he's playing Carrie is not because it's like the best Stephen King or the most well known or the first movie. He just says, uh, because John Travolta, of course. Which is a whole other episode. Uh, then he says about Maximum Overdrive. Plus, I love to see a sports coach murdered via <laughs> soda machine. And, and we all do. We all do. With a can of soda. Yeah. So anyway, for uh, Naval Gazing and the Mobile Horror Companion, my name is Brian Spears. And uh, I will see you next week. <laughs>